Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Pale Mills podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me, it's the apt pupil himself. You're, you're reading Stephen King now, Michael? Oh, it's, it's <laughs> me, Jeremy, by the way. Yes. That one's in different seasons, isn't it? Apt pupil? Yeah. I only know it from that Jordan and Peele skit. You mean Key and Peele? Yes. Jordan and said, Peele. Jordan and Peele would Jordan be one guy, Jordan and Peele would be it? one person, a director yes. of us. Yes. Which was quite the film. No, it was uh, Ray Parker Jr. sings soundtrack to other movies, and one was App Pupil. Really? Do you know what the movie's about? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. That's why I was trying to get a rise out of you, but okay. it was like water off a duck's back, Jerry. Well, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I remember, uh, I've read the book and the movie's kind of terrible. Oh, Yeah. Because I never heard it before. I figured it was kind of either a small thing or a flop of some sort. Well, it was in sort of the dark era of Mm. the Stephen King movies. Yeah. But isn't Brad Renfro dead? Who's that? The director? No, the actor. Was he the apt pupil? Well, he was the younger man in the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He had a rough go of it. Oh. That's depressing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think of the, the Stephen King movies in the late nineties that were any good. Hmm. And it's, it's pretty bleak. Uh, I don't know. I like the trailer for it too actually comes out tomorrow. Oh, uh, that's kind of a quick turnaround. Well, I guess, I mean, these days it's not really, but. Well, it, it will have been two years. Oh, wow. I know. Right. That's. Time goes by fast. It, it does, but the the uh, the other part of it is that movie was always going to be two chapters, assuming it didn't just completely tank. Oh yeah. Because one part, one is kids, one is adults. For those who yep. don't know, yep. um, they announced it at the end of the first movie. Oh okay. They knew what they were doing. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's only it, it really is only half the story if you only show the kids part, even though that is the more fun part. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Pet Cemetery was kind of a bust. Oh, that came and went already. It made about double its budget, which is, I guess, it's good. But it's that's a litmus test. But I, I was looking forward to that movie, but it was it was a bust. Ah, they can't all be zingers, Michael. But you know what can be zingers? <laughs> What's that? Beer brags. Hit me with yours. Oh yeah. So Jeremy and I have we probably haven't yeah part the curtain here hiatus. Yes, we've been on a little hiatus for a month, but you've been listening to weekly episodes. Yeah. And um, it just gets harder and harder to create content when you're hammering in two episodes a night twice a week for however yeah. long we did that. But that's because I was gone on a vacation. You were gone. Far away. And I guess I'll take that as a beer brag. I've probably talked about this on the show before, but you know, maybe I'll get into different specifics this time. And why not talk about it again? So I was in Korea... And I did have a few beers. Now, on the aggregate, the beer scene in Korea, uh, there is like a very like little fledgling craft beer scene there. Interesting. But it's, it's pretty limited. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe they're like widely distributed in the country. Pretty much you get these big malt-driven lagers that dominate the beer market there. And so an example of one of those is Kass. C-A-S-S, um, which is... Was it a big cos? 
big <laughs> there's yeah big cast and I'm, I'm happy with that one i don't even i don't even remember what the little guy's name was anymore uh, uh, maybe that's a good thing it was a alleged bad man that's alleged all, bad man that's all you need to know okay bad man um <laughs> <laughs> um and so you know that's actually owned by ab and bev to give you an idea vis-a-vis oriental brewing who also makes another beer there called OB. Um, so anyway, Koss is this Bud Light type light lager. I had that once at a, a restaurant in a bottle, and then I had it again in a on draft. You know, not much to brag about, but it was interesting. On draft, it was a lot better than it was in a bottle. It almost had some um, estery, fruity notes, you know, relatively speaking. Was this uh, Cass Fresh that you had? Yes. Okay. I'm I'm doing a little bit of a research on this while background you, research. You talk. And so Casa's biggest competitor is probably are the OB's biggest competitor. The brewery is um Height Jinro, J I N R O. Okay. And their bread and butter is actually not in beer. It is in um sochu, which is a like 40 proof, 20% type liquor, I want to say. It's not a liquor, but it's also in Japan. Um, and so it's a popular drink there. Usually you just drink it straight. Um, so their Sochu brand Jinro and also a few other ones too, is they do really well. But their beer market is losing out to Kass and the other big players. So they recently released a beer. Their main beer is called Height, H-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. Um, but they recently released a beer called Terra to try to get back into the beer game. That's not even in the Wikipedia yeah, oh yeah, that's like brand new. It like yeah. came out in March or April or something like that. And mm, it's kind of weird. It's like super malty. Mm-hmm. And like it has a bitterness to it, but it's almost like a malt bitterness. It's hard to describe. Um, Interesting. It's not as like crisp, like a light lager, but it's just a really malt heavy beer. So those are the two big beers that I had there. I don't know if Terra is going to pull Height Giro out of the red when it comes to their beer game. <laughs> and when we bought it, it was packaged together with a little uh, thing of Pringles, <laughs> which is <laughs> an attempt to get people to buy it. Um, hey, which... American, buy this. <laughs> Pringles there are different, too. They're smaller, and they're a lot less salty. Do they have, like, wacky flavors? I think so, but this was just the straight up regular red can. Salt and potatoes. Yeah, salt, salt and potatoes okay. variety. Yeah. Um, I didn't have them that this time, but if I had to recommend, if you're ever in Korea or drinking Korea beer, the two ones that I like the most are Max, which again is a, a lager, <laughs> but it has a it has a kind of a more yeasty flavor to it that gives imbues a little different flavors besides this borderline quality malt liquor taste, I guess you could say. And this say. is from Height Jinro? I believe Max is, yes. Yeah, Wikipedia says yes. Yes, okay. And then there's also Cloud, which is from another company called uh, Lotte, yeah. And uh, they they mainly make a lot of food products and stuff there, but this is their beer entry. is called Cloud with a K. Mm-hmm. And they have the brown label Cloud, which, again, is more like the traditional all-malt flavor. And they have this blue label Cloud, which um, almost has a Hefeweizen-type vibe to it. Oh, weird. It's not like clearly not like a pure Hefeweizen, but it's more 
again, gets more estuary, more fruity, more kind of yeast complexity there versus just like a straight light lager. So, so I have a question for you, Michael. You have been all around the world. Mm-hmm. You've gone to more countries than I have gone to. And, yes. you, and you've been to different parts of the world. It's not just all like Northwest Europe or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. In your travels, what place has had the most fascinating beer scene? Not necessarily the best or the ones that you like the most, but just fascinating because it's weird. Fascinating because it's weird. Hmm. Well, cop-out answer is USA. Outside of the USA. Outside of the US. Don't don't be a creep. Don't be a creep. Creep. Um, it's hard to say. Fascinating. It's hard to say exactly because Germany, you have a real traditional uh-huh. beer scene, but it's still very vibrant, and obviously beer culture there is pretty huge. Belgium, you got the weird Belgian beers. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is based on kind of a limited experience, but I would say Belgium. Okay. If you're looking for basically variety, I guess. Um, in Belgium, I went to like the Delirium Tremens bar there, um, which was had a whole slew of different beers. and A whole you can slew of different ceramic your... bottles. <laughs> you can obviously get your uh, Trappist beers there. Sure. You can... So... Uh, there's probably more vibrancy there than German, which is more straightforward um, in how they approach beer. So the reason why I ask is when I was in Scotland. I mean, like just well, e- yeah. even even you through might... the, even through the just the UK itself, and I guess to a lesser extent Ireland, the regional differences were weird because Scotland was definitely felt like at least the places I went to felt like they were trying to mimic American styles of beer quite a bit. Well, I think Scotland has their uh, brew dog is really driving the scene there too. Where, which is the one that I went to, yes. Yeah, so I think that is that's huge. But opinion. but I mean, like it was, it felt like being in an American place, but you know, everyone was unintelligible when they were speaking <laughs> to you. Whereas when you went to England, it felt more like you know, just the, it felt more pub like. Yes. Where it's just like they have the weird upside down bottles of liquor. And the time, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> and the, uh, and just like you know, all right. Do you want the bitter or do you want the, uh, the stout? And is you know, you just got whatever they had. Right. And then Wales had was like brains everywhere, but I feel like that may have been a Cardiff thing. So like even within the that you know couple hundred miles of mm-hmm. one another the scenes were very very different yeah beer, the beer was not necessarily the best like the the fiance and i plan on going overseas for our honeymoon you mm-hmm. know i'm I'm curious to see how the beer scenes play out over there because even though they might not be the best it's just weird to see like how they do it kind just of. just how they do it like how scotland is you know americanized england is right. traditional wales is odd right and yeah. i'd say even like ireland like that was pretty maybe more in line with the English. Like, it's kind of what you expect a little bit with Very the pubs. Very much so. Yeah, I, I think I went to one restaurant there, restaurant slash brew pub that claimed to make their own beers. A lot of the other places we went to was just, like, various Heineken labels mm-hmm. and, of course, like, Guinness and some Guinness labels. Do you remember so, what the name of the place in Ireland was that you went to? If I look on a map, I could figure it Was it, out. like, Storehouse or Warehouse? I or... think it was somebody's name. Okay, never mind then. And it was by the big needle in Dublin around that area. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That ends our international corner for the week, I guess. <laughs> Jeremy, do you want to throw in a beer break too? Yes. Lots uh, of probably time. There, to, uh... there has been quite a bit of time, and there's been some good stuff. Uh, but I'm going to go back to our old friends' uh, reunion brewery here in the mm-hmm. Iowa City, Coralville metro area. I don't remember when I said it, but you know, within eight episodes of right now, I said at some point I think I'm done with IPAs. <laughs> Most, yeah. most notably uh, hazy IPAs. And um, you did walk that back a little bit, but... I did eat a handful of crow on that one. Uh-huh. Um, but they released their Extra Pulp Double IPA. Uh, and it's... Okay. If you remember the uh, the drawings on the walls there, this is the one with the crab with the giant eyeballs sticking out. Okay, yes. Yeah. I believe he's featured on the Tank Puncher label uh, yes, as yeah, a yes, spectator. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. To the fight, yeah. Um, Untap tells me that I had had this beer before, but I did not remember it very well. Mm-hmm. And I was actually at Reunion shortly before they were about to can this. And the guy at the bar told me, he's like, hey, man, if you like this, we're bringing back the double IPA. And he said that they had not so much reformulated it, but just kind of tweaked it a little bit so that it had all the uh, characteristics of you know the big fruit bomb that a, a hazy IPA would have. But it didn't lose any lose any of the body or the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Color text is this double IPA is full of it. Bucket after bucket of American hops combined with wheat, oats, and a fruity yeast strain create a beer bursting with intense notes of tropical fruit, pear, melon, and citrus zest. Um what makes this one unique is that it tasted like berries. Like berries. Yeah. What kind of berries though? So you know how, like, when you get just something that says, like, it's a berry-flavored thing, it's usually, like, blueberries, raspberries, schnozberries, whatever berries, just, like, a whole bunch of different kind of berries all whacked together. Mm-hmm. It kind of... berries, yeah. <laughs> it it kind of tasted like a berry melange, for lack of a better word. Okay, okay. And I like it's, it. it's real good. It's dangerously crushable, considering it's an eight and a half, but it's it's real good. It's just came out in cans like a week or two ago if you're around did you hear this in time please go check it out because it's really really good mm. yes berry ipa berry ipa i like it you know i mean to be fair they don't advertise it as a berry ipa and it, there is you know your standard citrus with a capital c Mm-hmm. okay just non-distinct orange lemon whatever mango i'm sure is in there somewhere but it it just kind of tastes like uh, berries, which is supremely weird. I can't think of another one like that. Not an IPA, anyway. Uh, yeah, probably plenty of berry offerings as far as the... Oh, wow, that's way too sweet front. But mm-hmm. um, not an IPA. Okay. Yeah. Well, peek behind the curtain for the future uh, FDR. I'm curious what this one's going to taste like. Me, but... me too. Yes. Yeah, it's not a berry. Before then, I will say first, the brew pub was called J.W. Sweetman. That's not the one I went to. Okay. And then I will say, Jeremy, I hear you have some hybrid segment for me here. I do. So, I think it was two weeks ago, I went to Des Moines and saw Power Trip, mm-hmm. a favorite band of mine. And, and during their first song, I got popped in the nose real hard and bled real bad. Oh, yeah. And... I- I just haven't really been in a metal mood lately. Uh, yeah. Which sucks, but, you know, Dark Lord Day's coming up here in 10 days, so I'm sure I'll 
I'll catch up with the, the homework there. Yeah, sure, sure. But <laughs> rather than just re-listen to old episodes of Last Podcast on the left for like the seventh or eighth time, I decided to kind of spread my wings and go down what I'm going to refer to as the pothole. It, oh. uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch this to you as a combination of the wiki holes that you occasionally go down and podcast pitch. Okay, okay. I think I had just seen this as part of an AV Club pod mass, but they were discussing the uh, podcast Disgraceland. Have you heard of this one, Michael? Oh, God, what is that? Is that... No, I'm thinking of Defunctland. What is Disgraceland? Disgraceland is a kind of a, a sweet spot. It is a combination of true crime and music podcasts. So, so basically, it takes just for about half an hour, 45 minutes, it takes a horrific story of days gone by, and it does a pretty surface-level dive on it. Uh, so, like, the, the first season has things like uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and how he, like, killed his wife. Oh, God. It's got a... Uh, uh, an episode on Sid Vicious. It's got Lisa okay. Left Eye Lopez. It's got... Uh, yeah, she burned her house down. Well, Andre Risen's house down. Oh, okay. But uh, Michael Alleg, who was the subject of the book Party Monster. Things like that. Yeah. Um, it's good, but I want more. Okay. So they did... So, for example, one of the earlier episodes is about the Norwegian black metal church burnings. Oh, yeah. Which I, I'm sure I've told you about. <laughs> Talked about on the show before. Multiple times. Yeah. The episode is 37 minutes long with, you know, ads and everything in it. Uh, oh, yeah. That's not good enough. Last podcast on the left, a three-part series of hour and a half episodes on it. Mm-hmm. And they go deep diving. So take that as a caveat if you're looking mm-hmm. if you're looking at this one. It's, it's entertaining, but it's just going to make you want more. And for me, that's part of the fun because then I can go to the library and find something new to read. Right. I was going to say that's where the wiki hole part comes in. Very much so. Um, or, or the library hole, if you will. Yeah. One of the better episodes in, that I've listened to recently was one called Big Lurch. He was a rapper. Are you familiar with him? No, I've never heard of Big Lurch. He, no. he well, uh, <laughs> uh, here's the episode t- uh, color text. Big Lurch <laughs> didn't just rap about standard hip-hop culture. He rapped about serial killers like Jeffrey Dahmer and horror movie villains like Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger, and in the process contributed to a subgenre of hip-hop called horrorcore. I've heard of that. Yeah. He also smoked way too much PCP. Oh, no. It's rough, but it's good. <laughs> okay. Um, there's also one about Ike and Tina Turner and XXX Tentacion, which is a, yes. a very recent one. I always thought it was just extension. I thought so too, but he pronounced it all fancy. Okay. Um, p- p- stay tuned to see which podcasts I listen to at work. I guess. Mm-hmm. I might have to check um, one of those out. Uh, once I get this backlog from my trip all cleared out of the uh, pothole, mm-hmm. might be able to flush some more down my ears. That's disgusting, Michael. <laughs> Jeremy, should we try something hopefully not disgusting? Yes, Michael, we should. Vis-a-vis the FDR, in which we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. Now, Jeremy, Michael. the, <laughs> the, the uh, spring <laughs> sampler series was such a smash hit. It was. Just people yeah. all over. I've been hearing about it nonstop <laughs> since it started. There's a big hashtag on Twitter. So, Jeremy, what do we have this week as part of the spring sampler series part two? Spring samplers series harder? 
<laughs> right. I yeah. guess uh, we are going going back back to San Diego, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are. Do you want? Should I say what we're doing here? Yeah. Or just the beer reveal itself? it all. Reveal okay, the brewery. Reveal, reveal the beer. So we are hitting up Stone Brewing. Have you had anything bad or something that you didn't like by them? Uh, you know, I don't have them too often, and I think the last thing I had from them was on the show, like that go-to IPA. Did we do that more recently than that stout? Which stout was that? It was the Totalitarian. Oh Imperial yeah, we had stout. that too. Yeah. Then it was that, and then that. Okay. That was probably the last two. But we are we uh, we've grabbed the IPA Fest pack, so Michael's going to hate the next however long <laughs> this takes us. But we are well, st- some of these are pretty interesting. I'm kind of curious. This first one is the most interesting of them all, in my opinion. Uh, we are going to Stone Tangerine Express IPA, an India Pale Ale packed with whole tangerine and pineapple. This is an IPA. No uh, adjectives in front of that. No mm-hmm. or you know geographical tags on there. It's <laughs> si- it's got a 6.7 ABV, 75 IBUs. Hashtag Tangerine Express. Michael, imagine the tropical haze of a late afternoon into evening. Your official duties for the day have been to maybe take a hike to a secluded waterfall, perhaps grill something, definitely chill with plenty of sand between your toes, dot, 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 and crack a phenomenal beer to complete the experience. Okay, that doesn't tell you anything. Um, (laughs) This ain't no just-add-juice approach, Michael. This one is for adults. We use bountiful whole tangerine puree, which brings pithy, crisp bitterness to the citrus flavor and if you look at the bottom of the bottle i believe it yeah oh yeah in addition to the complexities of the tangerine the likes of which you can only get by using the whole fruit we judiciously employ just a hint of a whole pineapple for a back note you'd likely not even pick it out of the mix if we didn't tell you it was there wow i like that honesty (laughs) we're not looking for a sweet concoction to appease the quote i want my beer to taste like fruit juice crowd this is stone we'd like our ipas to taste like ipas big bold and not for kids i I mean i would hope so right yeah flavor profiles citrusy fruity hoppy Uh, featured hops are citra centennial sterling azeka mosaic with aforementioned purees michael did you see on the website that you can get tangerine express ipa stone ground nut butter i I see on the website there yes that seems disgusting to me (laughs) for like for like four different reasons (laughs) i don't know how well that would flavor would mix with nut butter but mm-hmm. i mean there it is in front of my face yeah like you mentioned there's a big kind of cloudy haze at the bottom of the it's bottle in, it's intense man it does look like you know like wood pulp <laughs> right almost. yeah it's it's really thick um, i guess let's open it okay so the question is mike are you going to uh, swirl this bad boy and get all the the goody out of the bottom you know what maybe i'll do a little half and half like i'll like the other mike <laughs> yeah I'll pour most of this clean, and then maybe at the end I'll slug down the, uh, I'll leave a little dregs in there just to, so I can get that. I'm going whole hog in this thing. You're going whole hog, okay. I got this at Target, so I was a little nervous if it was going to be fresh, as Stone demands their beer be fresh, but Uh um, it's in date. It is? Really? Yeah. So I got this at Dirty Jones here in town, but uh, it was uh, in the, here, buy this for $10. Whoa. I know, but, but it, and it was, was a toy. I saw. It, it is yours. Was it? I don't know, man. I haven't looked. Yeah, the picture you sent me had a big stamp on it that said "Enjoy by oh, like the end of this month or something like oh, that. Wow, maybe I'll have to go get more. Yeah, you, like, got, even, you even, got a good deal. Even if it's there was a lot of them in there, I think they were just trying to get rid of them while the kid was good. <laughs> but this is a uh, 
a, a fairly bright IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's slight orange color, but really more of that kind of standard it's pale gold pale color. Yeah, it's weird on the website. It has a almost copper look to it, but I'm not. I'm not getting that. It must be the lighting. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely backlit. It smells. It's not as well. It is kind of a fruity smell, but not as like a. Whoa, that's a lot of fruit. It's just kind of a subtle fruit note there. It's kind of a nondescript fruit too. I can't really pull any like specifics out of there. Right from the smell, anyway. Yeah. Question, Michael. When was the last time you had a straight up tangerine? Do clementines count? Are those considered? Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. Oh, a straight up tangerine, like a true tangerine. I don't know if I've ever had like a true tangerine. Right. If you count clementines. Recently. Recently, yeah, yeah. Months, like in the last two months or something. Me too. But uh, love those things. They are pretty great, especially when you have children. I imagine it makes uh, yeah. servings of fruit easier. But um, this isn't for children, Michael. The website said so. <laughs> That's right. Should we go in? Let's go in here. That is an IPA. Still definitely an IPA. Interesting. Yeah. So the fruit definitely, for me, is coming in the back end. Mm-hmm. It kind of cuts. It's, it kind of cuts out the noise. Uh, it does. But, I was gonna say the bitterness. It's a. It doesn't hit you like a bag of sand. It mm. slowly turns up the volume on the bitterness. Even after you have swallowed the beer, the bitterness kind of still amplifies a little bit, but not to the point where it's too. At least so far, where it's not overpowering or anything like that. But it definitely does ding the IPA bell still. Yeah, they were right. It kind of feels like when you have like a salsa that you think is gonna be not that hot. But then you have someone, you're like, this is fine, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, and right, then all, right. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, good Lord, what have I done? Right. But with bitterness as opposed with bitterness, to yeah. <laughs> like heat. heat. Yeah. Um, so if they're saying, like, the whole tangerine is in there, I imagine that means that they just, like, dumped a basket full of tangerines in there with the skins on because I'm definitely getting a little bit of that pithy bitterness there, to it. Yeah, there's a good pithiness in there. This is not a... Hazy IPA or mm-hmm. a juicy IPA? No, not at all. And I think it's easy to like your impression that you get. Oh God, um, you could easily get that twisted just by the look of the the name, the look of the bottle, uh-huh. potentially the hops that are in there. But no, it's it's more traditional than that. And they don't advertise it like a hazy or juicy. It's just no. It's you can I mean, be mistaken just because of what we're used to in IPAs. I would like some credit for not popping in there with a terrible mighty mighty boss tones joke. I know you were waiting for it, but I didn't. I know. Well, I I try. I thought but, I was thinking about it, but I couldn't find one in my head. I was saying the expression in earnestness, and then I had to like oh, stop no. myself. <laughs> uh, what have I done? <laughs> but uh, but it's uh this one's weird. It is a little weird. But to their credit, this is not some thing where it's gonna be like like you said, it seems like it's gonna be just some IPA with like fruit juice in it or Right. Or tangerine flavoring capital T, capital F in it. Right. This is most definitely an IPA that just happens to so have some uh what feels like a whole bunch of fruit crushed up in it. Right. Pith and all, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I like that it doesn't have that, you know, artificial flavoring feel to it. It feel right. it has that real fruit feel to it. The last thing we had that had like a true fruit feel to it was probably that raspberry latte. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm almost certainly for, something else, I'm but... sure I'm forgetting something, but that's the first thing that popped to mind. That sticks out, yeah. It did not taste like the lime pills. Right. Yeah, there you go. There's a nice counter example. There we go. Um, what what are your thoughts on this one, Michael? You hate IPAs. Yeah, I do. Um, 
you know, it's not that bad. The the bitterness is certainly there, and I think that's probably my least favorite part. It's still pretty easy to drink. It's different than I anticipated. Um, it's just like you said, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it a little bit here as I go in for a little more, but um, I did swirl it with this pour, so I'm gonna have the swirl pour. Now it's definitely hazier, but it's not necessarily a hazy IPA. But I mean, it really does seem like it has a whole bunch of crap in the bottle. Like I suspect these things have been sitting on the shelves at John's for quite some time, if they've got mm-hmm. enough to uh, put it on clearance before it goes sideways. But it really does have a fibrous look to it before you uh, agitate it there, and mm. it's it really does kind of look like they just ground up a bunch of everything and threw it in there, which is the way to go. So I guess I, I this isn't too bad. I have a feeling the pack has the the sampler pack is going to offer better than this though. I just feel like uh, there's going to be some more even though this has good hops in it. I feel like the highlight is more the fruit versus creating something interesting with the hops. Although the hops are probably contributing to fruit flavor and I'm just uh-huh attributing that to the tangerine, so I don't know, it gets complicated, but so I'm going to disagree with you. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. As we all know, or at least those who have paid attention to the shows, I like IPAs more than Michael does. Michael is more of a uh, uh, Blue Raz fan than he is an IPA. <laughs> but, but for those who may not have heard in the past, you're more of a, uh, a Belgian fan. Yeah. W- w- would that be safe to say that it, like, if you're going like the broadest of the subgenres of beer... Would you say Belgian is your favorite? And yeah, in a broad way. Like yeah. like if you go Belgian IPA stout, just the most bottom basement. Right. Broad. Broad city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, may it rest in peace. <laughs> but uh, I like how this has like two different layers of bitterness to it because it has the hop bitterness. It does. But it also has the pith bitterness. And I kind of like that in between the two of them, you get that little peak of sweetness from the oranges. Mm-hmm. I really like that because with with so many of the of a you know like an IPA, especially one where you're what was it, what was this seventy five IBUs? Yes, right, yeah. Like that's that's a good point too. That's yeah. that's pretty bitter, but mm-hmm. with something with an IBU that high, you'd expect it to have you know you know, short of some sort of weird adjunct that you would expect it to just sort of be like bitter and go right. and go from there. But this one, while it is bitter, it is also just, it's changing just enough to keep my attention on there. And I really like this thing. I will say two things that are good for it. The swirl drink that I'm having in the kind of latter half of the beer here is is, is better than the non-swirl. In, in what way is it different? Um, there's more flavor up front, I believe, with a swirl. Interesting. To me. I mean, that would that would, that would make sense. Yeah, and it kind of pads out the back end, too, yeah. a little bit. It's it's kind of like when you, uh, if you're if you're making gravy for something. <laughs> yeah. Like, only a maniac would get rid of the pan drippings. I believe it was cousin of the show, Andrew, was once making a uh, recipe that said, make a bunch of bacon, discard the grease, get out fresh, clean vegetable oil and make a root or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, he did not follow that. Uh, yeah. Because that's, 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 
That's one of the funnest, man. <laughs> good eating. It is good eating. <laughs> um, and the other thing too, although it is bitter, now I'm on the latter half of the beer. It's it's not. The bitterness has been fairly consistent. It hasn't like done the spray paint mm-hmm. thing where it's like, oh, I can't even taste the beer anymore. This is too bitter. It almost feels like it's a concentrated spray paint. Like if you like, you know, when you take the, the window cleaner and you mm-hmm. turn the nozzle from spray to stream. Yeah. It, yeah. It kind of feels like it's just a, a centered stream of bitterness. Yes. It's, it's definitely not just taking over everything. Right. So points there. I mean, it's, it's it definitely has a nuance to it. Would you say it's balanced? Are you getting any malt out of this thing? I mean, it's it's balanced for a stone IPA, I guess you could say. For a hot bomb? Yeah, for a hot bomb, it's pretty balanced, yeah. but it does lean more on the back end than on the front. And it, but it does have enough malt there to support the overall package. I say. I would agree. Should we get into the rating, Michael? Yeah, let's rate it. Uh, you go first, since you hate IPAs. Yeah, hmm. I'll just do a sip of judgment here. I think I have an idea what I'm going to rate it. Okay. Um, my rating of this makes me curious what I'm going to rate the rest of this. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm interested in what you rate this, too, because you're probably more of a fan of this whole, uh, the whole effing show. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Mm. One of a kind. Hey, I can't besmirch it too much. Um, but you will. <laughs> but I will. I mean, it's it's really as advertised. Even that flavor text there, they they're very honest and straightforward with that. Mm-hmm. They're like the the pineapple note, like mm, you you can find it if you look for it. If you really look for it, but you know, I'm not. It's not like, hey, I'm a pineapple. Uh-huh. That's pretty pretty subtle. And so I I gotta give it points for that. It's not like oh, you can taste fresh baked farm bread and Yorkshire pudding in our yeah yeah, yeah no I know what you mean. Um, Yorkshire pudding. I'm gonna give it a, and this is me hating IPAs, but uh, I'm gonna give it a 3.5. That's about what I expected. I thought you would go a little bit higher. Uh, one in, in what's the word I'm looking for? Not incre- increment. That's the word I'm looking. Oh, okay. For. Yeah, I thought about it, but um, you know, we'll see where the other stuff in the pack lands. It's, not only am I comparing it to other beers, but I'm also maybe setting up some anticipation for the other things, but. Well, anyway, we'll see. So, kind of that 3.5 solid rating that we throw out there. It is. I would really like to have this on draft. That's a good point, too. And as fresh as humanly possible. That's also a good point. Like, sort of like that episode of King of the Hill where Bobby eats a corn chip fresh off the line. (laughs) But, uh, it's... This is a weird beer. Like, it's this is kind of sneakily becoming a, a recent favorite of mine. And I'm what I what I give this uh, beer is not going to be indicative of that. I kind of feel like the bitterness is overstaying its welcome. I mean, it's still in my mouth right now as it, I speak. Exactly. I've been purposefully holding off my next drink just to see how long this would last, and it's been going on for several minutes. But I guess that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. And I like it. You're rating Jeremy. Oh yeah. Can I? You can rate it, but. I also want to know your opinion of this versus like a solid hazy IPA. Would you reach for the solid or would you reach for this in conjunction with your rating? So in in my mind, not in action. This is a, this mm-hmm. is a do as I do not or do as I say not as I do situation. Mm-hmm. I feel that I would reach for this over 
one of the better hazy IPAs that I've had mm. recently. Okay. Okay. So uh, Bell's, I think it's called Official. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That one's very good. Uh, I had the OJ IPA when I was in Des Moines. I also had One Man Mosh Pit, Sir Lee's uh, hazy IPA that they have in cans. And on tab, and they're all very good, but it's it's fruit forward. And one of the things that made me like IPAs in the first place was the bitterness. Mm-hmm. So I think I would go for this one, even though this is not something you're going to have like four of in a night. This is not a sessionable beer no, in yeah. any sense of the word. But if I'm going to give this thing a 4.25. Wow. It's more of a out of a respect for what it's doing. Because like when I when I sit here talking to you, I still have uh, two and a half fingers left in my goblet here. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm slamming this, and I'm not like just aching to crush this thing. I, I think I'm intellectualizing it too much. But you know what? Last I checked, this was still America, and that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so four point two five. Okay. But Michael, that's another one down the go. How about you hit me with those social media plugs? That's right. Yeah, stay tuned for more of this pack. But uh, in the meantime, you can check us out in a variety of places. You can reach us at APM Pod pretty much everywhere, including Facebook.com, Twitter.com, at Gmail.com, and on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. I'm wondering if he has had any of these. Mike, let us know. Yeah, Mike. Just just come on down to Iowa City. There's like 40 of these things still at Johns. <laughs> you know that um, the forerunner to this show was a live tweet session that Mike did. It was probably like in 2013 or something like that, or maybe even before that. Of I think it was a Sam Adams IPA mm-hmm. sampler pack. And uh, that was remotely inspirational to this show. So this IPA pack is a tribute to that. Uh, this stone's for you, Mike. Yeah, the stones for you. Ironic, because they're suing a big beer company. Oh, yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, you can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, wherever you want to do that. And uh, we'd appreciate a rating review if you can. Yeah, sure. We'll leave it at that. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.